This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, March 17, 2020. Well, the reality of the coronavirus is turning everything upside down, that's for sure. You saw the market today up over a thousand points. In the past couple of weeks, there's been immense volatility, just huge outside volatility. Something we haven't seen since 2008. And even then, it, it's not, you know, it seems to be more in a shorter period of time. It is a more in a shorter period of time. And as an investor, you want strategies to help you deal with the volatility. I'm sure about that. So you can be prepared for it, know what it's doing. Now, we warned you that volatility is going to pick up this year. Of course, I didn't realize it was going to be like this because no one could foresee the coronavirus. I just knew that volatility would pick up because we had very little volatility last year. And this year was a, 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 an election, presidential election year. Volatility picks up during that. But this has been very unusual, and I know it's been pretty scary for a lot of people. I'm Steve Peasley. I can hope you can call me in this hour. This is a call-in show. We'll talk about anything financial. Now, through the Invest Talk radio program and the podcast guidance, I can help you become a better investor. I'm convinced of that, or else I wouldn't be doing this show. And one way Justin and I are able to do that is you know, we, we, we want everybody to think independently, and we'll all share our thoughts, and that will help everybody. And so Justin and I will share our thoughts and our experience, and you know, our company, KPP Financial, is an investment advisor, and we do things a little bit un- different. We, we, ha- we have unbiased guidance. We, when we, what we buy for our clients, we buy for ourselves at the same time, same price. So we try, so if, we, if we're wrong, we're wrong with our own money. And we're not always right. Trust me on this, we're not. So, now, how about I hear from you? This is a call-in show. I want to hear all your investing financial questions. Our anytime list online number is open, and I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. And let me remind you that Justin Klein will be uh, in uh, San Jose this Friday, maybe, I mean, because they've just, every day they change the rules, and today they changed again. So we're not, I'm not sure he may be having to postpone that. That, that trip, and I know he's calling those people today that set up appointments. So we'll, we'll, so we'll keep you posted. We'll keep you posted on that. My main talking point today, based on history, the stock market is pricing in a recession. Now, is that an accurate assessment of what's going on? Is it? I, I kind of think it is myself, but we'll talk about it in detail. I will. And I've got some other talking points I want to discuss. Um... Is the market a bargain? Is it time to get in? So that's on everybody's mind, on a few people's mind. I don't know about everybody. I know I've gotten calls thinking people, well, should we get in now? The market's gone down close to you know, 30%. So I want to talk about how we measure that and does the measurements show us that we are, are approaching the bottom. And there's some things that are besides just numbers you should be looking for, too. And also, there are at least 13 companies working on a coronavirus treatment. I'll give you three of them that I know of. But there's a number of them doing it. 
and small businesses are the most vulnerable. So what's going to happen with them? Think about think about what what's happening in your neighborhood. And you know, this coronavirus is really hurting small businesses. And that's what we're going to talk about. The market was up today. The Dow was up 1049. The uh, uh, Nasdaq was up 430 points, and the S&P up 143. Now, normally that would say, oh, that was a big day. These days, not so striking. <laughs> All right? I mean, I mean, yesterday, I think the, what, the market down on the coast, almost 3,000 points. Today, it's up only 1,049. I say only, but on a normal day, that would be very large. But it's not normal. We are not normal. So, that's what's happened in the market. Give me a call. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. And let's go to Sazid, Sazad in Connecticut. How are you doing, Sazad? I'm great. Good to hear from you. Thank you, Steve, for taking the call. Thank you for making it. I wanted to know about Viacom CBS, B-I-S-C. Okay. This is a global media company engaged in TV broadcasting, motion picture production, and publishing. And, of course, it got beat up just like everybody else. I mean, I don't think I, I, there's very little out there that did not get beat up. Uh, there's a few, few stocks, but they're, they've, they've topped out. Oh uh, shoot, back in last July, at around what fifty dollars a share. Today at twelve dollars and seventy four cents. They went that they were at thirty five dollars before the coronavirus panic actually hit. You know, hit the hit, and that was about a month and a half ago. Um, they're going to make six dollars and three cents next year after making five dollars and forty-four cents. Now I'm going to—I have to warn everybody: when I'm giving these estimates, they're going to be revised dramatically because they—you know—these they, estimates were made before all before the government is starting to shut down the whole, entire economy. So you know, you have to understand these are these estimates are going to go down. They're going to go down. The dividend yield is 7.5%. The cash flow is huge at $26 a share. The PE is extremely low. So um, the only problem I see or worry that I see is they have lots of debt. And debt is going to be an issue for everybody who's carrying lots of debt. Because even though the debt is low, they still have to have the cash flow to pay it. Viacom does have the cash flow to pay the debt. So I think I would I think this is probably a pretty good place to buy this stock. However, I would suggest that it was down six percent today. I would suggest you wait because if they make movies and motion picture productions and that those they shut down most of the theaters. So they're gonna get hit and I think you just gotta wait. I think it might even come down lower. But it is a very um, solid company, very solid company. So not yet, but keep it on your watch list, Sazid. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99-CHARTER is our number, everybody. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and no one has ever been able to reliably predict the market movements. It's just impossible. But if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you have to, you have to get prepared. And you have to prepare yourself for volatility. It's every few years. I mean, we haven't seen this kind of volatility since 2008. We had a very long bull market. Now we're in a bear market. How long will it last? No one really knows. So 
you know, that's why you want to rebalance your portfolios. That's why you make sure you understand the risks that you're taking. So, best talking listeners who are invited to contact me at Justin to set up a point for portfolio assessments if you like. Personalized sit-down sessions if you live far from our office. We can offer no-cost consultation by telephone or Skype, two-way Skype video connection. It's pretty easy. We do it all on, all the time. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. The health of your financial future may depend on the decisions you start making now in 2020. Steve Peasley is here, ready to provide his unbiased investment guidance. 888 99 Chart. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Kevin from Michigan. Love the show. I'm looking at Teva Pharmaceuticals, T E V A. There's a few different things of bad news out there. I'm a beginning investor, and I'm starting to look at earnings and things like that. And It looks to me like they make a ton of money, but I'm wondering if news is going to drive it down in the near term and then if that's just going to create a buying opportunity or if it's going to be something where this opioid process holds on for a long term. Well, I noticed that the opioid, opioid problem its kind of fell by the wayside. You don't hear it in the news anymore. Obviously, the news dominated by but it's still there in the background. Um, Tiva got up to about $13.50 and then fell to $7.34 because of the uh, coronavirus. It was working its way up from $6.650 up to $13.50. In August, September, October, it was all hanging around that low level. started to come back up, and then the coronavirus hit. I, I think I think that, remember who TV is, TV is Tiva Pharmaceuticals. Israeli developer of generic specialty over-the-counter drugs, the pharmaceutical ingredients. Uh, and their, their sales are finally, finally stabilized here the most recent quarter. I, don't, I think the sales will be, I don't think their sales are going down. Not, I don't think the coronavirus is going to hurt their sales. The problem with Tiva is they still have a lot of debt. And that debt is what could hurt them. They do have good cash flow, two dollars ninety-five cents a share. The stock is selling for seven dollars and thirty-four cents. PE is three, uh, and I do I do think the E part, earnings part, will be okay. I don't think that this coronavirus is going to hurt them that much, simply because everybody still needs drugs. So from that point of view, their sales should be should hold up well. I don't know if it'd be as good as the estimates. The estimates being two dollars sixty-three cents. But I think they'll hold up well, so I think it's setting it up for a nice buying opportunity here. So I would, I would, I would, uh, I would definitely put it on my my list to buy. And if it stabilizes around this price, I'd probably I'd be, I'd be willing to put it on. Now, with the presidential election coming up, coming up, there may be some political strategy at play when it comes to this coronavirus problem. The Trump administration is working on a industry bailouts, right and that bailouts of thousands of businesses in the U.S. And these businesses are really grinding to a halt right now. So what kind of pretty dramatic measures are, are they going to, in, in, you know, in place? And, of course, that means it's going to be winners and looters. So the administration is indicating they want about, what, they want to help the cruise lines and hospi- hospitality industry. 
but it's a difficult task. They're going to pick winners and losers. That's pretty. I, you know, that's a difficult thing to do. I mean, you got to have winners and losers. For instance, let's just take the the cruise lines. Most of them are not incorporated in the U.S. These are not U.S. companies. Carnival Corporation, Carnival Cruise, that's out of Panama. Royal Caribbean, that's out of the Republic of Liberia. These are not U.S. corporations, even though they do a ton of business here in the U.S. and they hire, and you know, they hire U.S. citizens, but they also have a lot of foreign citizens. So, are we going to help these foreign workers and their ships? Think about what Congress is going to be looking at. That's what I mean. This is going to be difficult, difficult to pick winners or losers. I mean, and this story is going to change. You know, there's going to be a lot of different things. He wants to, you know, he he wants to put out a ton of money. I think it was $750 billion bailout, and that, I think that was the, what they, they put out there. Uh, but you know what? It's not going to help anybody. Lower interest is not going to help anybody unless we get back to work. Everybody gets to back to work, and we're not going to do that for several weeks at the minimum. So this is, this is a problem. I think this is going to be a long-term, a longer-term problem. It's not one you can just solve by putting out bailouts and lower interest rates and doing a QE program. It's not that simple. You know that this is a different kind of situation where people are staying home, and the government wants them to stay home and not, you know, to stop the spread of the virus. So it's going to be a difficult thing. Really, it's going to be difficult. How, how are you going to bail out what industries? This is event and people. Individuals, and they can talk about that. They're talking about that too. This is the best talk, and I understand that many of you might feel the urgent need to get your portfolio in shape. That's kind of normal, but please do not worry. You are not in this alone. And at Invest Talk KPP Financial, we want to help you reach your goal of financial freedom. It's always important, so don't lose sight of that goal. So feel free to contact me or Justin Klein anytime at KPP Financial in our Irvine, California office. And now I'm taking your financial investment questions live, 888-99-CHART. In a matter of days, Justin Klein will be meeting with registered InvestTalk listeners in San Jose, California. And next month... Steve Peasley will travel to two cities for portfolio consultation appointments, Houston, Texas on April 17th and Chicago, Illinois on April 20th. Learn more and register soon at investtalk.com. Okay, welcome back everybody. You're listening to Invest Talk. You know, I have, um, what is, have we reached the bottom based on history has the stock market priced in the recession, a recession, and is that is it enough? Has it priced in the full amount of recession? So one way to, to take a look at this is to figure out, well, what's been in historically, what has been the, how deep was the recession, okay? 2007 and 2009, the market went down 57%. Recessions range. Uh, the we had a recession in 1953. The market only went down 15 percent. The 1960 recession only went, went down 14 percent. So, but on average, it's it's around 30 to 35 percent, somewhere in that range, is how far the market goes down when a recession hits. Now, 
We're not in a recession yet. There's no evidence of recession, but we're going to be because, well, we probably, we, well, let me rephrase that. There's been no evidence so far, but all the, all the stats are looking backwards. We don't know what the, this month will bring, and it'll probably bring shrinkage this quarter to our GDP. One, you know, so one, what, how, what is the definition of a recession? Two consecutive uh, quarters of shrinkage of GDP? Well, we, I think the market thinks that we're going to be there, and I, we probably will. So how far, how far, so how far have we gone down? How far does it go, you know, and, and the market collapsed. What are the, some of the biggest percentage one-day moves? October 19, 1987, the market went down 20%. I've talked about that off and on many times here. So October 1929, the market went down only one day. You look at all the other days, and there's below 15, 15. Most of them, big one-day moves are around 10. Now, recently, I mean, we're talking about just to yesterday. Yesterday, that's the third largest one-day down move, third. The other one was, in, uh, so it was 87 was the number one. 1929 was number two at about 14%, 13 14%. Yesterday, what was it, 11%? about and then just on march 12th was like the fifth so and the rest most of them are 1930s big one down day so very unusual extremely unusual volatility and i i think the reason why we had several big days down volatility because we had those trading curbs put in and that stopped intraday fall from happening further. So they stop trading for 15 minutes. Everybody takes their breath. Also, maybe it would have fell sharply, continued the whole day, and we would have had a bigger down day. But what's happened since we've had three of those stopped curb days in the last week or so, you know, it stopped the fall, and therefore we've had three big days instead of, you know, maybe one or two huge days. Maybe, maybe. I, who knows? No one knows. But we have had some really outsized falls, one-day falls, and it's certainly, we've what, reached about 30% on the intraday level, fall from top to bottom, and that is definitely a bear market. Anything over 20% is a bear market, and it's probably significantly in a recession. I can easily see that happening. How long a recession? We won't know. It depends on how long they you know, keep telling everybody to don't do anything and stay home. Now, as you have probably noticed, Justin and I do our very best to fit in as many caller questions as possible. So let's do that now. This came in early on our Anytime Listener line number, 888-99-CHART. Yes, good morning. This is Sayed from Chicago. And this is a question for Steve or uh, Justin about Occidental Petroleum. It has gone 52-week low. It has got almost 11% dividend. I want to invest into it. I want to buy it. But do you think the dividend is pretty safe uh, at this moment or two years? So please uh, give me your thought on it. I love your show. I like hope to see you sometime in Chicago if you visit here for your uh, portfolio review. Thank you, Steve or Justin. Thank you very much. Bye. Well, I will be there next month. I'll be in Chicago next month. I think it's the 20th. Just look at my schedule on uh, 
investtalk.com. Occidental Petroleum engaged in exploration and production of crude oil and natural gas worldwide. It's a $10 billion company. I am not keen, even though it's a big company, I'm not keen on Occidental Petroleum. Uh, I do, I do, I'm not saying I wouldn't be in big oil, but not Occidental Petroleum. They lost $2, they're going to lose $2 this year. And that was there before this coronavirus. And they're going to lose a dollar per share next year. So I'm not keen on it, and I don't know if they can pay that dividend yield. I doubt. The dividend yield is at 27%. Stock is $11.34 stock. So it looks inexpensive. But the return on equity is only 4%. Cash flow is good. And they have a they have debt, and I'm 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 not keen on Occidental Petroleum. I'm not. Uh, so I would say no. Okay. The coronavirus crisis has suddenly changed the U.S. economic picture, and today President Trump has declared he wants a large package, right? Right, eight hundred billion dollars or so, eight hundred fifty billion dollars. So I have my trivia question. Uh, Mr. Trump had, wants a $50 billion stimulus package. In 2009, during the last financial crisis, what was the value of the stimulus package back then? I'll have the answer for you right after we get back from the break. 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. I bought this stock last year at about $6.75. They're always changing. I got them at $3.99 and it took a major hit. First up, then down, then up again, or maybe sideways. What would be a good entry point? On Invest Talk, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners and their portfolios. Carl in Ohio, he wants to talk about his 401k. Hi, Justin, a uh, longtime listener of the show. I absolutely love it. Let's go to Dave in San Leandro. You've got to be prepared for volatility. I want to know what you think for someone like me. And they know it. I'm 31 years old. So the questions keep coming. Should I dollar cost average that? 24 7. How much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? From every part of America. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name's Josh, calling from Buffalo, New York. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks for everything you guys do. And here's one number that keeps rising. More than 20 million InvestTalk podcast downloads. And for that, Steve and Justin thank their loyal listeners. I find you guys to be pretty much entirely trustworthy. So I'm curious, how do you do that? Independent thinking, shared success. It's all about the numbers. InvestDoc.com. Steve and Justin are always grateful when you make InvestDoc a part of your daily routine. And their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Lines are open. We'd we'll love to talk to you. Talk to you anything about anything financial, everybody. As long as it's financial, we'll talk about it. So, I don't think the market. The market. I, I don't think it's at the bottom. I think we have to wait. I think we have to just stay calm. You're still. It's still having lots of volatility. 
the maximum we've had a fall is about 30%. Not quite, but just there from the top to bottom. And valuations look much better. Remember all last year I was whining about, Justin and I were whining about the, 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 the stock market is just expensive. It's just expensive. Well, now I can say that it, the valuation looks very good, but what's going to happen is earnings are going to go down. So you're going to have to look at it a little bit differently. And one way is look at the Q ratio. And what that is is the market cap divided by the replacement cost of all the assets. And the Q ratio is looking much healthier. You can also go price to book. Look at price to book ratio. And are the Schiller PE ratio. Remember the Schiller PE is the earnings calculated for the last 10 years, uh, the earnings, the E, divided into the price of PEs, the, the PE ratio. E divided into the price of the overall market. And on those valuations that are not reliant on uh, you know, the price of the stock, but more reliant on the overall assets, those three valuations are are much better much better looking now. Remember, when you're in the depths of a recession, if we're going into recession, which is, it's highly probable. I think it's probable. When we go into recession, the E part, the earnings disappears, and we know by the fact we know by the fact that uh, we've been told, and everybody is sitting in their homes and you know is not doing anything, that their E part, earnings for corporations, is going to go down. It's just going to go down. So how do you know? So the PE, the price-earnings ratio of an individual company, you're going to see it look very different because the PE will go very high, and yet the stock price has gone very far down. So there's different ways to look at it just then the PE ratio. That's a simplistic way to evaluate the market. Okay? Now, didn't, I didn't. I had a, a trivia question before the break, and I didn't give you the answer. So before the break, I said that uh, President Trump and the Congress are, are looking at a stimulus package of about $850 billion today. In 2009, during our last financial crisis, what was the value of the stimulus package back then? Do you remember? Now, the Trump administration wants to send checks to Americans within a couple of weeks as part of a new stimulus package. The intention is to limit the damage to the U.S. economy from the coronavirus outbreak. Trump wants about $850 billion as sort of a large, widely distributed bridge loan. This will be an aggressive package of stimulus measures for fighting the coronavirus fallout. We'll see. And the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009 nicknamed the Recovery Act, was a stimulus package enacted by the U.S. Congress back then during that financial crisis and recession. And, of course, that was signed into law by President uh, Obama in February 2009. Uh, now, so how big is this package compared to that? The approximate cost of the economic stimulus package in 2009 was estimated to be about $787 billion dollars. Okay, so that was less. It was later revised to $831 billion between 2009 and 2019, but it still was less than $850 billion they're working at now. So that, that, that's what we're looking at at this time. So is it, is it, my problem is, is you can have a lot of stimulus out there, but if you're making people stay home and not shop, what good is putting money back in their pocket? 
Let's talk to Steve in Massachusetts. He wants to talk about that cash back. Steve, how's it, how's it back there in Massachusetts, Steve? Good. How are you, Steve? Thanks for taking oh, my good. call. Thank you for the call. I, uh, I actually called you last summer because I was worried about the market being toppy. And because yeah. of your advice, I went from having a 100% stock position in my 401k to switching it over to where I have 20% cash and 30% bonds. Ah. So I was a little bit early, but I'm really thankful now. Yeah. Now yeah. with everything going on, what I'm wondering is when should I start to deploy the cash back? And should I convert those bonds back to stock at some point? How old are you? How, much, how many years you got to retire? Uh, 44. Okay, so you got lots of years. So, yeah, I would probably convert at some point those bonds back into, uh, into cash to buy stocks. But I would use the cash first. I wouldn't be in a big rush about that. Okay, so that's a very good question. So when do we get back in the market? You know, with both feet. When do we start going back there? There, there is no clear-cut one answer to this because, Steve, we had never come across where we had to, we told everybody to stop shopping. I mean, we didn't say it that way. We just told everybody to stay home, right? Don't, don't right. go out. Don't mingle with other people. Don't go to the bars and restaurants. We've, so it's very difficult. One way I kind of feel that we get a signal for it is when, when bad news no longer makes the market fall. You know, all of a sudden we got the bad news reports and the market's starting to recover. That's one way to know that we're very close or are already had hit the bottom. Another way was with the numbers I was giving you early, earlier here that maybe um, have we fallen enough from top to bottom. So 30 to 50 percent is the range. We very seldom go more than 50 percent. We did in 2008 and 2009. I mean, we could do it again here. I'm saying we're not. But right now, we're only down 30%. I don't want to mean that we're only means it's not very much. That's pretty good. But I think we still have more to go. I would not be in a rush to get back in at this point. I would not. So I don't think it's going to be very difficult to know when the, when the bottom's here, Steve. It really is. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance because you wouldn't be listening to me because that's what I'm trying to give out here, just unbiased, unfiltered, you know, clear answers if I can. So uh, to do, I really encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP Premium Newsletter that's written and distributed every Friday. It will also help you, you know, I, 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 in that newsletter I try to really give you some, every Friday, every week, some honest ad, uh, advice as to what's happening and what we can do about it and what we should do about it. So you get valuable information every Friday, I think, and guidance. So um, I, I, on Friday, I usually give you some brief uh, excerpts from the premium newsletter. So you can subscribe at investtalk.com, investtalk.com with two T's. So now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial, and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. 
As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Stephen Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing and the other KPP Financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Justin. Hello, Steve. This is Raphael from Jersey. I'm calling about a bank I've been wanting to buy for years now. It's called HDFC Bank. Ticker is HDB, like database. It's at pretty much five-year lows now with this uh, coronavirus thing. It's the fastest-growing bank of anything I follow, and it is a juggernaut in India, and India is uh, on the comeback, going to become the new China, I think, in growth. So want to get your opinions on HDB Bank. Thank you. Bye. Okay, this is a bank. Uh, it's a, an ADR out of India. ADR means it's trading on our exchange, on our New York Stock Exchange. Indian financial institution with a network of 5,103 branches in 2,748 Indian cities. They make money. They've made money for some time. They're going to make uh, $2.06 this year, maybe, probably not now, and $2.54 next year. I'm not quite up on all the stats on India of this coronavirus. Have they, have they, has their curve flattened out as far as the spread of the virus? And that's not sure, because that's what I'm looking for. That's what most places are looking for. And, you know, China, Singapore, uh, you know, South Korea, the, the, the contagion has, uh, has flattened out as to how many more new people are, are getting, and that's obviously what we're trying to do here in the United States. Um, it's a $46 stock, going to make $2.54. So don't think it's cheap. That's the low of its range uh, on the PE range, but the the E part is probably going to go down, probably. Um, they've been growing 14 to 20% every quarter, every quarter for the last five or six quarters. So it's, you know, it's pretty, pretty high growth. Um, for a bank, they don't have that much debt. They have debt, but not as much as most banks have. Uh, the return on equity is 14%. That's good. And strong cash flow. So it's a good, solid bank. Uh, doesn't pay much of a dividend, three-tenths of one. So that's, uh, you know, for me, I, I would have to be keep an eye on the coronavirus and see what kind of damage is doing in the Indian economy before I, I, I jump into any foreign banks. I'd actually stay away from foreign point. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Time to give me a call. Love to talk to you. Okay. Uh, um. There are at least 13 companies working on the coronavirus right now. 13 companies. 13. Some of them are just just starting, and a couple of them are in phase three trials. And, of course, you realize that our government and any other governments around the world are pushing hard, pushing hard. So how, you know, how, how fast can these companies get these they get the coronavirus treatments to market, and most think it's going to be a while. Remember, even if you have the best one there, you still got to go through phase three trials. You got to, you know, you got to see if there's any long-term side effects. That takes time. Three companies that I know they're working on three big, decent stuff companies. That's Gilead, Glasgow Smith Klein, and Johnson Johnson. 
Gilead symbol is G-I-L-D, Glasgow Smith Klein is G-S-K, Johnson Johnson, J-N-J. So all three are currently working with the FDA approval vaccine or therapies of some kind. But there's 13 of them. They're not alone. There is going to be something to help prevent or spread, help prevent spreading or reduce the symptoms for this problem. problem. But what it will be, when it will be, no one really knows. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing more like a year. That's why they want to slow down so badly, because they want the time. The time. They don't want it to, to if it spreads too fast, it swamps our healthcare systems, and they need time to work on it, get, a, get something that will help prevent this thing. You know, a vaccine of some kind. You know, you know how we take flu shots? Remember, this, this thing is, very, is brand new, so we don't have antibodies to fight it. There's no treatment for it. Your body generally fights it off. Most people will, you know, will 99%, out of 95 to 99% of people get it, and they're just fine. But the elderly or the immune, the elderly are really at risk here. Okay, let's get another caller to, 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 uh, on the line. We get calls all the time, and I we appreciate the calls and appreciate the questions. Anytime, this line number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Jeff from Salinas, California, podcast listener. I was hoping you could elaborate on what made 529 plans for other states better in comparison to, let's say, California. I've uh, heard an Invest Talk replay point out that Illinois, for example, was better than California's, but I was hoping you could point out what the pros and cons were for uh, other states versus California in particular. And I look forward to hearing your response in the next podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, I must admit that I don't keep up well with all the changes they make in every one of these states. I think there's 32, 33 states that have 529. These are college uh, college savings plans for accredited colleges only. Um, and each state, you know, they're all administered by the state, not at level, not at the federal level, by the state level. So, And the states can have different rules and regulations. And what makes one better than the other is the flexibility. California... A couple of years ago, when I was looking at it, were fairly it was not nearly as flexible as other states, and I remember Illinois and Florida being very flexible at times. Flexible means what can you invest in? Can you buy stocks? Can you buy mutual funds? How how many? And are you restricted as a, as the beneficiary gets closer and closer to college age? Does the plan force you to get more conservative by buying bonds and have a certain percentage and? That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You want the maximum flexibility in what you what you can and cannot buy. Uh, and some states have very little flexibility, and some states are very flexible. At the time, California was sort of flexible, but not as good as others. This is MS Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-SHARP. This is Invest Talk. The markets have certainly been interesting, but the threat of damaging volatility is ever present. 
So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve is here now taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 ninety nine chart everybody. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Let's go to Robert in Vancouver. Robert. Hey Steve, how you doing? I'm good. Good. So I was looking at this one, ET, uh, actually, stock which I believe is kind of like controlling this ETF, and the symbol is MMP, and. I'm just wondering if it's a good time to get into this one or the ETF that holds it, which is DIV. Well, the problem I have with MMP, which is Magellan Midstream Partners, uh, it's an MLP, Master Limited Partnership, engaged in the transportation, storage, distribution, refining products. And the what was the ETF? Give me that symbol again. DIV. Delta Indigo Victor. So that's div, that's short for dividend. At yeah. the ETF seeking investment results corresponding to the index of super dividends U.S. low volatility index. So, and you're saying that the uh, MMP is a, a major part of that. What percentage do they have in, of MMP in um, the ETF? See, I, I would worry about the the uh, the I, I would worry about MMP because. You know, they are a mass limited partnership engaged in the storage and distribution of retirement free fine products, and they have lots of debt, huge amount of debt. Even though it's a low priced compared to their earnings, their earnings are going to go down because they're tied to oil prices, okay, oil and natural gas prices. They are distributing it. They're storing that stuff. So what happens when the price goes down for oil and natural gas their profits go down with it because our contracts are are attached to the price of the oil and natural gas. If that goes down, then their profits go down. So now, and add on to that, they have lots and lots of debt. You know, if their profits go down, are they going to be able to sustain the debt? And this and this this economy we're dealing with now, debt is something you have to really really pay attention to. So I'm concerned with MMP. And I think you might want to forget about buying the ETF if they have a lot of MMP and look for individual stocks since there should be no trading costs anymore for you and buy, you know, five or ten dividend-paying stocks not related to uh, this MMP issue. That's what I would do. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99 Charter is our number, everybody. 888-992-4278. Okay, who's going to get hurt the most with this uh, uh, this coronavirus? As far as when I talk about hurt the most, I'm talking about businesses. It's not going to be the large corporations. They all will survive. It's the small guys, the mom-pop stores, the, the small restaurants, the, the, the people, the, the individual people that have jobs at these mom-pop stores. You know that 80% of the jobs out there are with small companies, not major companies. So when you tell people 
to not move around, not shop, hunker down. I understand you're trying to cut down the coronavirus, and I think it needs to be done. I'm not even disagreeing with that. But I think we have to recognize, the government has to recognize, you and I have to recognize, the people that's going to hurt the most are the small businesses and individual unskilled labor people. They're the ones that are going to get hit, hurt the most. And, you know, I'm not, I don't know how to solve that problem. I don't. But they're the ones who are going to get crushed. I mean, for, I'll give you, for instance, you know, uh, the Major League Baseball season has been postponed, right? Who do you think is going to get hurt the most? The people that work the concession stands, the people that, you know, that are the ushers, they're the ones who's going to get hurt. Their salaries are going to get crushed. So that's where I'm really concerned. Those people is what I think we have to pay attention to and help. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investor program, everybody. I will return tomorrow. In the meantime, please feel free to search, browse, download, and rate Investor Podcasts. You can find them on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and, of course, InvestTalk.com. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.